the Holy Feast of Pentecost, the conclusion of the 50 days, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, and indeed, as many would say, the birthday of the church. We know that the birthday of the church, uh, the, the church was given birth and poured forth from the side of Christ on the cross. But we also stand that, understand that the mission of the church is truly received here in its fullness on this holy feast. In fact, it's not a new mission entirely. It's simply the mission that was entrusted to Christ and that Christ began, and it is we, the body of Christ, who are called to continue. And so the Holy Spirit descends upon the apostles today to allow them to receive the gifts that are necessary for that apostolic foundation of the church and to go forth and to proclaim to all nations the good news of salvation. And so we rejoice in this gift of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He who is received by us in baptism, in the fullness of whom we receive in the sacrament of confirmation, he comes to be for us life. He is the giver of life for our souls. He is the one who enlivens our bodies in so many ways, that he brings fruitfulness to us. Our blessed Lord, in the fourth chapter of St. John's Gospel, he speaks to the woman at the well. The woman at the well, he goes there and he meets her at the midday hour. It's the two of them. And he turns to her and he asks her for something to drink. And she, being, being a, you know, a, a, a Gentile, uh, responds that we don't share common vessels. I can't use the bucket to give to you. We don't share things between us. And so he responds that if you had known who it was that was asking you for water, you would ask him, and he would have given you living water that would well up to eternal life. And the living water that our Lord spoke of was the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who comes to, to be that living water within us, that fresh water that comes to produce newness of life and the fullness of gifts and fruits. It's he who is indeed like a well within us, who continues to increase within us, and but to the extent that we are willing to be docile to him and let him do his work in our hearts. There are many things the Holy Spirit does within us, many things he seeks to do through us. The gift of the Holy Spirit is truly and rightly described by our Lord as living water, not only for the fact of his proximity to the well that day, but also because, as the church fathers will frequently point out, that water is the thing that brings life to that which it nourishes, each in its own kind, according to its own need. That we can place water upon a variety of different, different seeds, and each will grow according to its own nature. That it does not change the things themselves into being all one thing, but rather each different seed, each different plant, everything that is given, is increased in life in its own self. And so much the same with us, the body of Christ. Christ has created every one of us uniquely, every one of us with different gifts, every one of these things in seminal form planted within our souls, given to us, given to us so that in God's good time and according to his will, they might be used for the building up of the kingdom of God that others might be able to draw close to the person of Christ, to know holiness of life, and ultimately to know salvation. Many of the gifts that are given to us are indeed for personal, personal edification. There are things that help us to fight, to fight vice and to increase in virtue. There are things that help us to orient ourselves and our entire life more perfectly towards our blessed Lord in service of Him. 
but there are a whole variety of gifts that are particularly given to each of us solely for the use of others. Not for ourselves, but for the body of Christ. Charisms that have been given to us, which is simply a Greek word for gifts. These charisms are an important part of our life in the church because the fact is that none of us is able to do everything, but all of us can do something. All of us have a part in the body of Christ. All of us have some role that we are called to play to be able to build up the church in the world today, to be able to bring the good news of salvation, some on the front lines, some in the relief staff, some in the medical realm, so to speak, but all of us have a place in the battle. It is Christ who is calling us to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit, to let him do this great work, to let him send us forth with these gifts for the world. The gifts that the Lord gives to us in the Holy Spirit are variety. We can look to the various lists in the New Testament, specifically in St. Paul's letters, and we can find these, these ways in which God has given gifts to the church for the building up of others. We see gifts such as teaching, of healing, the ability to evangelize, to make music to the Lord, to create beautiful art and creativity gifts of administration, gifts of being able to identify needs and to respond in fixing them, the gifts of celibacy for the church, the gifts of writing, of hospitality, and of encouragement. To these, we could certainly add others. It is uh, but a short list, but these are all gifts that the Lord God has given and sprinkled all throughout this community here for the edification of our community and for the larger church as a whole if it's for us to use them. And sometimes they are hidden within us. Sometimes we don't allow the Holy Spirit to, to really do His work in us at a certain point whenever we receive Him. I will certainly acknowledge the fact that whenever I was, uh, I was in confirmation class, and I know I was in confirmation class, I at least have to remember it as a factual thing, because while I don't remember anything of what they were trying to teach us, I remember the cute blonde girl that was sitting next to me because she was my girlfriend. That's what I paid to attention to in confirmation class. When I was confirmed, I know that I received the Holy Spirit. I don't know how well I received him. I can't say that it was probably a very fruitful thing for myself, unfortunately. But it's the fact that later on there was a fullness of the gift that I was able to understand what I had received and really who I had received. It's the fact of things that sometimes our hearts are not simply there yet. We're not ready for the gift. And sometimes the gift is given to us, but it lies dormant, unopened, unused. It's for us to ensure that these gifts are used, because again, they are not merely for ourselves, but they are the gifts that are for the others in the church. These are ways by which the Lord wants to invite us to take part in His salvific mission and to bring the story of salvation, to bring the good news of salvation and salvation itself to others through us. He invites us into this. As a father invites a child to be able to take part in a particular work at home, so also our Heavenly Father invites us to take part in this most important work of salvation of souls. So it's first to recognize these ways which God works in us. There are a few things that we can reflect upon to help us identify them, perhaps. One is there are these moments where, in the midst of our work, we can seem to work for hours, and it seems only as minutes have passed by. 
where we get so caught up in something that time simply flies by and, and we've not lost any energy in the doing of the thing, but rather we seem to have more of it somehow. And the somehow is because really it's the Lord who has chosen that, that charism to work in us, and it's He who takes over in a certain way and gives supernatural life, supernatural power through us, working through us. It is He doing the work, and we become kind of much more passive and receptive in the work of things. So it's the Lord who really is doing the heavy lifting for us. And so a way to, to be able to consider where might a charism be given to me and by God is to be able to look at what are those things that I do where time simply passes by rather quickly. And that doesn't mean that God gave you a charism to watch TV or to read a book, as much as that might be nice. What are these things where the Lord is calling us to be of service to one another, and it becomes impressively easy? A second thing is, where are they fruitful? There are two types of things, right? We, we recognize that, that charisms are a supernatural gift. There's something that God Himself has given to us. This is aside from our own natural gifts. All of us have natural gifts that we're good at, perhaps good at writing, good at speaking, good at being encouraging to others. We might have a, a natural gift that, that we've cultivated over a course of a long life of being able to teach or to have administrative skill. And we can have a natural sense of these things. But to have a person who has a supernatural gift and natural gift side by side, the one who bears the supernatural gift will be infinitely more fruitful in the exercise of it. And so it's for us to acknowledge and to ask, where is it that there is fruitfulness in our life? Where is God using me in some particular way to bring him to others? If people, you know, recognize and they come back to us to be able to give us some response of things that, that we recognize that people say, you prayed for me and the thing I, that you prayed for actually came to be. Well, sometimes that's simply the effectiveness of prayer, but sometimes that may be a charism of prayer. That whenever one writes, that one may be able to lead souls to Christ in a particular way that a person, a person with a natural gift is not able to. A person who is able to teach, you can have a person who is a skilled teacher and one who simply has the charism of teaching, they may be skilled or not, but there's an effectiveness in the one who has a charism, a supernatural effect, because it's the Lord who is doing the work because it's the Lord has bestowed that gift and entrusts that gift to a particular person for the, for the building up of the body. So it's to inquire, where in our life do we see fruitfulness, where people are encouraged in the faith, where people grow in holiness, people come to know the person of Christ more deeply, to reflect upon these things. If we don't necessarily see that, if we don't hear, uh, hear about these things, the fruitfulness of our ministries in whatever way they may come, whether in the home or in the church or in the world, it is to look and to inquire about those things where which God may be simply sending people out of the blue. And this is also a helpful way in discerning whether we might have a particular charism. Because if we're not pursuing something and yet it keeps showing up at our door, that's a nice way that maybe God is saying, I'm sending people to you for a reason pay attention. If people keep asking you to pray for them, if people keep asking you to assist with a particular ministry, if, they, if you keep hearing over and over, you're really good at, insert whatever the gift may be, then it's to be aware of that and to hear that. Because again, that may be, again, it needs discernment, but it may be a place where the Lord has entrusted to you a supernatural fruitful gift 
that he wants to use for the building up of the church, for the edification of souls, the salvation of souls. So as to consider these things, the Lord God has bestowed gifts. None of us are an exception to the rule. None of us are simply exempt from the fact that God has called all of us to take part in the mission of the church. It is for us to be docile then to the Holy Spirit and allow him to work in and through us. To that end, there are a few things that are helpful in allowing these charisms to to be at work in us, to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in us, and to help us to understand our charisms to begin with. First and foremost, we must be in the state of grace. Mortal sin has no place in this life. It has no place for us. Because to be in grave sin, to be in mortal sin, is to set oneself apart from God. And God then cannot use us as he would intend because we have closed off the doors to him. So it is for us to ensure that first and foremost, we are in the state of grace. Additionally, to be alive in the sacraments, to allow the sacraments of the church to enliven us, to frequently come and to be filled even more with new infusions, so to speak, of the Holy Spirit by the grace of the Holy Eucharist, by sacramental reconciliation, by these ways by which the living of our daily vocation of priesthood, of married life, and these ways in which grace pours into our souls to allow this to be the life of God increasing within us. And lastly, to pray. To pray daily. To ensure that every single day we make time to speak to God from our heart. Not to pray someone else's words out of a book, as good as they may be and as edifying as it is, Certainly not to, not to not do that. This is a part of things for us as our Catholic faith, our rote prayers. But for us to ensure that there is time each day in the quiet of our heart to commune with the good Lord and to listen to what it is that he is calling us to. What is he inviting us to take up today? What part of the mission of salvation has been entrusted to our care for the next 24 hours? And to pray the grace to, to be able to do it. And since we offer this holy mass, we rejoice for this gift of Pentecost given to the church, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is able to bring life to a body that otherwise would be dead. And pray that each of us might be docile to that Holy Spirit who wants to work in and through us for the building up of the kingdom to the glory of God the Father.